dig this. First 125, Mono here from Grundahl. Kingsley turns that five sideways. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Meta, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. Fly Racing, Bills Pipes, W Wheels, Motul MX, X-Brand Goggles, Moto Ice Wrap, and Moto Stuff make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the Big MX Radio Podcast Show, brought to you by Fly Racing, X-Brand Goggles, Just One Helmets, Bill's Pipes, Meta, Motul, Moto Stuff, and Moto Ice Wrap. I'm your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we've got none other than Chris Elliott from the YP.com Nuclear Blast Slayton Racing KTM team. Chris, how's it going? I'm doing good, buddy. How are you doing? Hey, not too bad. Uh, beautiful, sun, sunny Sunday afternoon. You're an hour behind me, so you're still in the morning, probably uh, on your first, second or third cup of coffee. But uh, probably your ears are still buzzing after uh, last night's Supercross action because we had some pretty crazy finishes. It was a doozy, man. That it was, and uh, 250s and 450s. We'll jump into the 450s a little bit later in uh, in period two after the first intermission, but uh, let's jump straight into the 250s, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, I believe both of us got our uh, our, two, our, our 250 picks uh, a little bit off, but I think you had uh, Malcolm Stewart a little ahead of uh, where I had him. Uh, good job on the pick, my friend, And uh, but the, the rest of it, um, like, you couldn't have, no, no one expected uh, Jeremy Martin to be outside the top 13. Or 12, uh, didn't we, though? I mean, I remember last week we kind of talked, like, with the whoops. This, yeah, I mean, we just, the question is his consistency. And, and while he had a really, really good run from the back last weekend, I think I asked the question if he crashes in the first turn this week, does he crash six times? And gosh, he didn't crash six times, but shit went sideways pretty quick for him, um, you know, a couple times. And unfortunately, that's what we've seen from him in the past. And it, I was hoping he turned a page. Maybe not, though. We'll, we'll have to see in a few weeks when we go back east. But um, it's not looking good again. And, and now, I don't know who's going to win the title now. I, I went to Martin, and now I have no clue again. Do you, do you have – what do you think? <laughs> Four races – Four winners. Uh, nobody looks solid. You've had uh, two guys that have won uh, won races. They've already missed a round with Hill and uh, and Davalos. Davalos did not help himself out at all this last uh, weekend. He had the opportunity to put some serious points uh, on uh, on Jeremy Martin. In fact, he could have made up uh, twelve of that eight point difference uh, or twelve point or that twenty point difference. This last this, this last weekend, but he wasn't able to do so. Um, so, like, just a missed opportunity for Martin Davalos. But uh, these guys are all over the map. Like, I've I've, I've never seen uh, inside the top uh, inside the top four. You have at least three guys that have single points in one race. The only guy who scored double points in in every race so far is your current points leader at eighty points is Malcolm Stewart. But he could he could grenade at any moment, including uh, the ser- the series finale. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't think you're going to see another winner. I, I think these are the four guys. Th- those are the four guys that are capable of winning races in the series. But uh, it's all over the map. The only other guy I could think of that uh, that I think could find his way in there is Aaron Plessinger, because uh, or Plessinger, because um, he's been like consistent, but not quite as fast as the other guys. Yeah, well, and and I agree with you. I, I do think I, I really do think Plessinger will get in there before the end of the year. Uh, again, you know, we were kind of proven right with our assumptions last week, where we said 
even though Martin did miss a race, this is a good group of guys to miss a race with. Uh, and with that being said, I don't think you can count out Justin Hilliard either. I know he missed this weekend, but we don't even know what's going to happen. And, and Malcolm, it was a good ride. And, and I was thinking about that. For, yeah. And, and uh, Malcolm, I was thinking about Malcolm and like, here's my analysis on Malcolm. Everyone was kind of saying he, he wasn't feeling well. He said he wasn't feeling well. And I kind of think that helps him. I think when you look back to him and his brother over the years, and you just look at their career for a second, especially James, like let's say James for a second. If somebody could have went to James at every race and just turned him down a bit, dialed him back yeah. to where he needed to be, just dial him yeah. back just where he needs to be. James Stewart Simmer. would have probably five more championships, 40 yes. more wins. It would be, it would be a much different career than, than we're looking at today. And I think the oh, yeah. same thing could be said about Malcolm Stewart in the sense that sometimes if Malcolm would just dial it back, just calm down, just calm down. I think he'd have a lot more wins. And I think in a, in a crazy way, him being sick helped him. You know, if he wasn't feeling 100%, he could only ride yeah. to about 8%. I mean, at this point with how, how things are going on that coast, maybe all Malcolm needs is to ride at 8%, consistent cruise at home. This could, like, Plessinger, Plessinger hasn't won, but, like, at the beginning of the year, if you would have said to me, hey, man, somebody's going to win this title, but they're not going to win a single race all year, I would have, I would have been okay with that. Because I think no kidding, yeah. consistent, consistency, consistency or just a tiny bit of consistency is going to prove, is going to be everything you need to do to win this coast. And, you know, how far back is Bowers? Uh, currently, uh, just about, just about 30 points. He's 27 points back. Okay. Well, he didn't do himself any favors the first few rounds, but a guy like no. Bowers, I mean, if Bowers can just stay in that three, two, three, four range for the rest of the year, yeah, it's not out of the realm of possibility that he would not be in it at the, at that last round for a championship because this, this, you know, these, these top five, they're ridiculous. And it's too bad. Like you said, Davalos did not do himself any favors. I don't know if he went down or he just, the week off hurt him and he, and he got tired, but he, uh, he started 10th and finished fifth. Is that what he did? I believe so. And, yep. um, with everything going on around him and the guys that finished in front of him, I, I would have thought he'd at least finish third. I, I would think he'd have Mac Ross and Bowers kind of figured out, but, Interesting weekend for sure. How great is it that McElrath runs handguards? <laughs> yeah. I, hey, man, I ran handguards. I love handguards. I, I love uh, handguards. Yeah. It's, I think, I think, um, because you like Travis Pastrana and so do I. Exactly. I, I know <laughs> it's, I don't think it's like, I'm under the impression that it's purely because of his injury, though. I know, oh, um, it's be, yeah. obviously, I watched the broadcast yesterday and the guys mentioned they don't want to get hit with rocks, but I mean, he just doesn't want to get hit with anything for that wrist. I know that wrist is still kind of hurt. He, he, you know, he even mentioned he shouldn't be out here yet, but he's out here. So I know that hangar definitely has a, uh, a purpose on his bike for sure. Yeah, no, no doubt. Um, it's like, it's just something you don't see very much in Supercross. Like I'm trying to think of guys that used to run them on a regular basis. I think, uh, Pastrana is like the only one. I personally love the look. I, I, if I could find a few sets of those old school uh, Acherbys ones from back in the day, like I, the one, the new ones are, are fine, but the, those old ones that Pastrana used to run, um, yeah, just something about that look. Like, like to to build up a, a, a RM two stroke properly, you got to get a, a set of those handguards, right? And you know what else needs to come back? If I had my way, everyone would run handguards and those helmet fins. And if you didn't like helmet fins. We can't be friends. Yeah, I love yeah, helmet no. fins. I had a helmet. I had a, a helmet fin, and I've been wanting a vented number plate since the first day I went to a motocross race ever. Buy a drill. <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, there you go. Buy You're done. Hey, go. who the hell is Paul Coates? Paul Coates is from England. He uh, he's a couple of time uh, English. Uh, Supercross or Arena Cross Series champion. Uh, he came over for a short period of time, and then he went back, and then he's back here. Uh, I think he lives at MTF. Okay. Yeah, he, really he, fast. He, he, yeah, he's got skills. Uh, and that's two times inside the top ten. And yeah, same thing with uh, Super Superross. 
and Wetland. Like if that if, if I was to tell you like yesterday, like yeah, uh, Coates, Subaros, and Wetland are gonna round out your top ten. You'd be like, Brad, put the bo- put the bottle down. No, no, not I mean not not in this coast. <laughs> I, I'm fine with it. You can keep the bottle to your lips yeah. because. Like, let's, you know, you read it down. Sterling, Starling, Williams, Slusher, Featherstone, Costella. Like, I'm... Featherstone, like, yeah. He's he's English he's English as well. Hey, and you've, obviously you've seen the LCQ. Did you see him try to jump the entire section? Yes. Uh, I'm, I want to be much. the president, president of that guy's fan club because he went for it. That was insane. Yeah, I'm in the middle of traffic. <laughs> oh... <laughs> I don't know. He he. he I think he, he had to have grab grabbed a handful. I don't think he meant to do that. No. Yeah. I think it was the the typical first lap LCQ jitters. Oh, like you, you'd mentioned that you're not a fan of the uh, the LCQs anymore. I happen to absolutely love it. Um, <laughs> just it's 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 like it. It's just chaos. Like you just throw twenty two of the most desperate guys in one corner and like they're just all right like most ridiculous motherfucker wins yeah and it's always something that happens so i love it i I think uh all i hope is that i never see a a slayton racing uh athlete in an lcq that's that's all i hope for right that's that's how i feel too and if you're gonna be any better win if you don't win then stay in the seats and i'll see you in a bit but uh, how, no, how about it, that uh, air wheelie though from uh, the the guy that uh, got in there? I guess it would have been uh, Her, Herlin, right? Herline, yeah. He did yeah. this is a big old air wheelie. I'm like, that's yeah. too fun. Wow, I would hope he put an air wheelie in there for sure. Yeah. Um, speaking of air wheelies, Anything I guess else we stand out for didn't ha- didn't have uh, Elberton this weekend. He's hurt. No, yeah. Uh, spleen, uh, I think, uh, yeah, I, I, obviously the captain of your team is down, and I think mm-hmm. uh, uh, Cunningham jammed the wrist, so um, they were basically like, yeah, let's drive this thing back to uh, uh, to Oklahoma, re- regroup, and um, and I guess they'll be in Santa Clara for uh, the remaining rounds with uh, Cunningham on the on the West coast. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, cool to see him race a little bit of four fifty. It wouldn't, I like, I, I like the idea. I like the idea of, uh, two fifty guys going and, and making some money and, uh, and racing in the four fifty class. Even if they do it on a two fifty F I know a couple of guys did that last year where they kind of got themselves ready for the four fifty class or two fifty class on the East by racing West coast, uh, two fifty. And, um, I'm a big fan of that idea, especially from the privateer standpoint, the guys that, uh, are going to make some extra bucks if they can make it into a main that's almost as much person one one night as they would uh, in an entire series in the four 250 class yeah well ironically too i know one of the guys that did that was albertson's guy on the 250 last year who was that uh, i can't believe the names escaping me yeah oldenburg oldenburg did that and he, he was pretty he was pretty good on that 250 yeah. with all the 450s so yeah no i and then it, i think that, that put him into a good momentum going into the series though like you're into it you're you're like you've been racing sort of thing Oh, 100%. Still crash I mean, if, his brains out, but... If, if, I mean, obviously there's a lot of things that come into factor, like budget and, and tra- all these things, but, I mean, to me, if you're going to race the East Coast, it is a no-brainer to go on the West Coast. You can either ride a 450 or ride your 250 in the 450 class and just get gate drops. That's, that's the thing. Yeah. You, you could train... And guys, the, the best guys in the world will tell you that when they come back. There's nothing like gate drops in actual racing. So... Mm-hmm. If you can do it, why wouldn't you ride your 250 on the West Coast in the 450 class if you can't get a 450? Just absolutely. And two, it's like it's like to me, it's like you know, if you whether you play soccer, or basketball, or baseball, it's like playing. If you're going to be in the B league, it's like playing in the A league for half the year, then jumping back down to the B league. You got to think you kind of have a have a have kind of have a foot ahead of everyone. If not a foot ahead, your your confidence is a little bit higher than it would have been. You know when you first sign up. So I love it, man. It's cool. Yeah, totally. No, I absolutely agree. Um, 
I'm a big fan of it. I think that it's good for uh, the pocketbooks of these guys. I think it's good for competition. Uh, and uh, it, it throws a wrench into uh, some fantasy motocross, which I know you're a big fan of and I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so um, it's, uh, it just adds some extra elements that uh, if you know a guy that uh, happens to be on that 250, uh, you can, like, even though he has, shows good practice times, maybe you take him back a, a peg or two because I uh, might not get the start sort of thing. So, uh, yeah. Uh, always good, good, um, good gamesmanship there. Um, we're going to throw it to commercial right now on the Big MX Radio podcast brought to you by Meta. But uh, when we come back, we're going to dissect a little bit more of the 450s and uh, wouldn't mind jumping in a little bit of uh, uh, fantasy supercross talk with you as well. But we'll be right back on the Big MX Radio podcast. Hey, everybody. This is Jimmy Button former factory supercross rider you're listening to the big mx radio show we're going to take it to a commercial we'll be right back if there's one item to be picky about it's choosing the right helmet i'm andrew short and i choose the f2 carbon from fly racing you too can wear the exact same helmet i wear trey canard wears jimmy albertson wears and many others the f2 carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable sweat-absorbing liner and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with Oats and Bran. Oats and Bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. these Emigos. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey kids, start out every morning with a fat ball. When it comes to helmets, there is just one. The helmet brand that is. Just One Helmets is tailor-made for motocross and street bike riding, and now available in North America. Who chooses Just One? Well, for starters, Tim Geiser, winner of the Italian round in MX2, David Philipparts, Vicky Golden, Trevor Reese, as well as David Pulley. And you know what? So do I. I choose Just One Helmets because they are simply the safest, lightest, and most comfortable lid available. Want to know more about Just One Helmets? Check them out on the web at www.justonehelmets.com. Find out about the J12 the J32, and all of the colorways that are absolutely blow your socks off. So guys, please head over to www.justonehelmets.com today. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. Much 2014 X-Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter X, Volcano, and Phantom Goggle, X-Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X-Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear-offs, zip-off systems, nose guard, and more. Check out eksbrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, 
even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. What's up guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist. Suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown full rebuild on your forks or, or shock. Call up Roy Borton today at 204-633-2722. Bill's Pipes, the home of legendary performance. Since 1974, Bill's Pipes has been providing motocross and off-road riders the performance they need. Two-stroke or four-stroke, Bill's Pipes has the exhaust system for you. In recent years, we've seen a resurgence of the Bill's Pipes brand, and that's great news. And that's great news for motocross racers everywhere. For four-strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to dominate the fight on any brand. For you two-stroke guys, the MX2 Bill's Pipes exhaust system is the right one for the job and comes in works, nickel, and the all-new cone look finish that'll turn heads all day long. Head to BillsPipes.com right now and get the same pipe used by Billy Lidinovich, Vicky Golden, the JMR Suzuki team, Jesse Pierce, Nico Izzy, and David Cole. Bill's Pipes is craftsmanship at its finest. So go with Bill's Pipes and never settle. Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know if, why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon. And we're back. Big MX radio podcast show still on the line here with Chris Elliott of the YP.com Nuclear Blast Slate and Racing KTM team. Um, let's let, Before we jump into the 450s, let's talk fantasy moto. Uh, what leagues do you play in, Chris? And uh, what's your success rate at this stuff? Myself... Um, there's there's weekends that in Moto Dynasty I really feel like I know what I'm talking about with motocross, and there's sometimes where I'm like uh, I'm somewhere outside the top 800 in the uh, in the picks, and uh, I really start to question my own knowledge of the sport. But uh, what's your experience with uh, with fantasy motocross? Uh, I've done them I've done them all at certain points in my my fantasy career, if if I can call it that. Um, this year I'm only doing the Rocky Mountain ATV one. Because some one of my buddies set up a group and I just jumped in in it with them. Uh, I'm not good at fantasy moto, and the reason why I'm not good is because I refuse to pick Ryan Dungey every weekend, and he continues to win. But when he doesn't win, I usually do pretty good. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. Like I've I've been kind of all over the map this year. Um, I'm still within. I think I'm like within the top. 10% or whatever like that. So I like um, educated, no educated guesses all around. But uh, mm-hmm. I think this year more than ever, um, you have guys that not that like are a, a unpredictable B not, um, not riding to their, uh, their ability, like underperforming. You got guys like Weston Pike and like they're, they've, they've just not been putting in those consistent rides up in the top 12. So I have a hard time putting them into my moto dynasty. And then the guy goes, goes out and get, gets an eighth. And I'm like, so what, like, and I know he's banged up. So mm-hmm. 
I lose points on that. But uh, cool. I, I like playing fantasy motocross. Anyone that who wants to become more in tune with the sport of motocross, get in get in with uh, some some fantasy motocross because that's how you you really get in depth on any sport is to, is to do it mm-hmm. uh, to to care about the stats and uh, and all that fun stuff. And I, I'm a big fan of it. No, no, I completely agree. I did the same thing this this year for the first time with football, and it's the first time in my life I cared what football scores were. And uh, you know, fair warning, any fantasy league you play will break your heart week, you know, some weeks. So it is what it is. But yeah, like like you said, like unpredictable, man. Uh, at the beginning of the year, we were figuring out whether or not we could put Marvin in our wild card spot in like a ninth or an eleventh. You know, and now yeah. do I Podium put him guy. first, second or third? What do I do? Is he a top five like it's just crazy. And then, you know, like this weekend, you never know. You never know. And even like Chad Reed, I didn't have to. Come on, man. He's got a, he, 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 he keeps breaking my heart too. Are you a top five guy or not, Reedy? Come on now. No, totally. No, I, I couldn't agree more. Uh, Reed is, uh, yeah, like going into this weekend, I know he like, like coming out of last weekend, bad race, big crash, old guy. Um, like, He's been, he's just been totally up and down. And then, mm-hmm. so you're thinking, oh, like he's, he's probably going to be good for about a seventh. No, fourth. Boom. Mic drop. Mm-hmm. Starts 11th, uh, or starts in uh, fifth, ends up fourth. Just a, probably a quiet race for him, all things considered. But just, just road constant, like consistent. Like if I was, if you were just, if I was to say at the beginning of the day, that Chad Reed is going to be ahead of Eli Tomac um, and uh, and Ken Roxon again. You would have uh, just like one eyebrow raised, and like the fact that like Michael Lessey was a top ten guy or yeah top ten guy. Um, I got the wild card wrong again, thanks to uh, Nick Way, but. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I was still closer than you. You you said that Vince Freeze had a top ten ride in him, which uh, I did. To that to that to that I replied that you should stop day drinking so much. But I stand um, by my pick. You stand by your pick. He started seventeenth and moved forward. Thirteenth. He started fifteenth and moved to twelfth. So you'll see. An you'll okay. See. You'll see. Oh, you've got the inside track. Who's? Do you yeah. have the keys? I'm a Moto Concepts fan. Huge Moto Concepts fan. Fair enough. Uh, I've I've had him on my show, actually. Yeah, I know. The thing with Reed, I think, to me, when I watch Reed, I think a lot of where Reed finishes, aside from the two seconds at the beginning of the year, I think he 100% had those, and and it was – my eyebrows were definitely raised. But I think, like, especially in the last few weeks, his finishes depend on a lot of what goes on around him. Like, you look – I mean, Brayton got a flat, right? Brayton got a flat. Kennard went down. Who else went down? Seeley had a big one. So, like, right there, that already puts him back to seventh. And then you got to think on most weekends, Roxon and Tomac have something for them. And I don't really know, did they have it? I didn't really see them much on the broadcast if, if Roxon went down or Tomac went down. But I just, um, you know, Reed's consistent. And I think you can always have him in a top ten. But where he is in that top ten kind of just depending on where the cards fall around him. So, no, Tomac and Roxon just had bad starts. They started yeah. ninth and twelfth, mm-hmm. and yeah. just couldn't move forward. Really, like you're trying you're to like, go from ninth to twelfth and pass um, Trey Kennard, Michael Essie, who's just an absolute roadblock, uh, mm. and and Wesson Pike, who doesn't really like to let anyone pass him. So yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, no, but like you know, the the one Cole guy Celia went from twenty twenty second to to eleventh. That's pretty good. Yeah, well, he he went over the one. I think he went over a berm or something in that third turn, yeah. or just after the whoops. I think he got a little shape and took a little bit of a tumble. But um, what was I gonna say? Justin Bogle. I'm waiting to see something on Justin Bogle. I, I'm a, I'm, I've always been a huge Bogle fan. I love his style. I, I, I just think he has that effortless, flowing pace that I, I really thought would translate way more on a 450 than it would a 250. Um, given that little extra power, and it just hasn't yet. And I'm really surprised. He, he, he's got to be struggling with, you know, injuries, but if that guy can get healthy, I just, I really want to see what he can do. And it'd be interesting to see where he lands next year. That's for sure. Yeah, that would be the, the, that's the, the golden question where a lot of these guys are going to end up. Like I'm looking at a list and uh, very few guys actually lock down for sure. hundred percent riding where they're going to be. 
uh, next year. Like, there's certain guys we know have signed certain places, and so guys who uh, um, it has not been released yet, but it's the worst kept secret as to where they're going. Um, but uh, yeah, I can, I can tell you right now, um, a guy like uh, Justin Bogle, uh, he's got speed. He's like he's we can work with speed, is what some people say. Um, we uh, he's he'll he'll put that time at the top of the board, and that's got value for for. For teams, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him on a uh, a BTO Sports KTM or something like that. Yep, no, I definitely see that. Um, or maybe a JGR. Yeah, yeah, I would say KTM. I think it's going to be interesting because not only where is like guys like Bogle and Kennard going and stuff like that, but like where does like a guy like Pike go from here? You know what I mean? Like that's where does Pike go? Where does Vogel go? Where does Sealy go? Where does does Nicoletti go anywhere? It's just, I don't know. Just, I mean, Brayton's up. Everyone's up at BTO. I think Millsaps has a two-year deal. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Brayton go somewhere. He can't go back to JGR. Like, that would be his fifth yeah. time signed to the team. So, nice it'll be interesting guy, for yeah. sure, man. It'll be interesting to see if, if Grant sticks around. Grant had a good weekend. Grant had, I mean, that's what I think. I think that's Grant, you know, like that 10 to 15 range right now. I'm not surprised at all. I actually, if you looked at my uh, Rocky Mountain picks, I had him as a wild card in, was it 18th? Yes. I think, yeah, I mean, I, I, that's, where I thought he, that's where I thought he'd be. I think I thought that definitely the first main event on the, on the Cowie and, and an actual 20 lap, you know, Supercross, I thought it'd be uh, a little bit worse than it was, but he definitely impressed me. So that was a, a good ride for Josh for sure. They got to be happy with that. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I, I personally, I know you've been playing fantasy for a few years. I like the top 20. I, I like guessing the whole field. Like, there was something cool about knowing who's going to make it in the main, who's not. And, like, the, like those, like, that was, like, a huge benefit to, like, the really hardcore fans of knowing, like, for this type style of track, for, like, the this like these conditions – this guy's going to make it in the main over that guy. And uh, those, mm-hmm. that made some pretty big point swings. I, I think that was better. But, uh, um, yeah, like, it's all over the place. And, like, I, I, I couldn't stop laughing when they when there was a, a video that surfaced of uh, uh, the 801 going around the whoops during the uh, the main event. That was that's mm-hmm. too funny. <laughs> yeah, they. I mean, that's a tricky one because to make even make a 450 main i mean oh, anybody yeah can anybody even really say anything to you but at the same time you know compared to me you're a bad you're a badass but there is 40 other guys that want to get in that spot and race the entire time and the yeah. argument could be made i mean you're there you're there to put on a show you're there to you're there to you're there to try and i, I i'm not saying jeff i'm not saying this in jeff alessi i'm just saying this in general if if the AMA takes notice that you're making these main events and you're getting to a point where you're not even trying these main events. I can't take anything away from you. You're making the main events, but I would definitely penalize these guys. I really yeah. would. Or, but then what, 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 I, yeah, but then what message does that send to guys? Obviously Jeff is tired, but whoever else is rolling whoops in the main event, you're tired. Who am I to say to him? No, I don't care if you're tired send it through the whoops and if you crash that's your problem you know but this is not a new thing if you watch supercrosses from like uh jeremy's era it's actually laughable you've got guys that like barely it looks like a stock bike with uh some stiffened up suspension that somehow those guys made it into the main event and they are literally like like rolling everything like lap three like like, oh my and I still think, whatever, pay them their money. They made the main, let them start. But then after the second time they've gone through and they've showed no desire to even try, I think it needs to be black flag because at that point, you're going to just get in the way of people trying to race. You can't just pick and choose what obstacles you want to hit when everyone else has to hit the same obstacles if they want to be engaged in the race itself. So it, I, can't, I can't stand seeing that as a fan. And there will be the day where one of those guys goes to re-enter the track and takes out a leader. That will happen. And it'll oh, be yeah. on lap 17. So I would just like to see them get black flagged. Like, no, like, 
no repercussion other than that. Just blackplay. Like, hey, dude, you're obviously tired. You don't want to be out there. We yeah. just want to make sure the racing is clean and nobody gets in each other's way. Just go back to the truck. Is it this you know? like, would, do you think it would be like if you get lapped more than once? Uh, is it a, like a max lap time? Say like the uh, like max lap time without crashing. Like say you you clock a guy that it's a ten. It's a he's twenty seconds off of the lap. You're like, no, nah, black flag. No. See you later. No, because I think if you want to be engaged in the race, whether you've been lapped one time or a hundred times, but you're still racing and you're still showing a pace, I think you should be allowed to race it to the end. But if you're showing that. If you like, it's got to be case by case basis. And it's tricky because that's where it gets kind of, you know, gray. If you're not racing and you haven't crashed and you're not trying, but you're, you're skipping obstacles and you're just choosing what you want to hit, then you got to go kind of deal. Like you're going to get in the way, but to crash, like, I mean, cause a guy like Trey Kennard or, or even Ryan Dungey, I mean, he can crash six times and get lapped three times, but he can come back and still get 19th. And that could be the one point he needs to win a title. So I don't think, as long as you're engaged in the race, you're fine. But if you're not engaged in the race and you're not even trying and you're, you're not hitting obstacles, then I think it's, you know, time to head back up to the truck and regroup for next weekend. So you're hoping to uh, put the, uh, the onus on the AMA, Feld, or John Gallagher for them to make consistent um, good decisions on the, in the sport of Supercross? Yeah, I mean, there's no, I know what you're getting into, but um, <laughs> I know what you're saying. And, and I mean, I don't, I don't know him at all. I don't, I've never been in a situation with AMA where I have to dispute anything or, you know, complain about anything. But we are, you know, we are the top level of our sport. And in every top level of our sport, you, you need to have the, the top officiating people in, involved in the event. And, if you need to take a look at what's going on within, within the, you know, the series, if these aren't the top people you could have officiating these events, then maybe you look somewhere else. Maybe they are though. That's the thing. Maybe they are. And they just need to have a weekend where they have a workshop somewhere, go stay at a nice best Western, get in a boardroom, talk about, you know, black and white rules of how this goes. And maybe like you said, like maybe it has to be black and white. Maybe it has to be, if you skip this amount of the track for two laps in a row, you're getting black flagged. There's no gray zone. That's it. We know every square inch of this track. We know how much you skipped. We will backslide you. Maybe you can't just say, hey, man, if you're rolling around and not trying, we get to say whether or not we get to clip you because who's to say if he's trying or not? Maybe that is as hard as, and I'm, I'm just using him as an example because this is the situation we're talking about, a Jeff Alessi, you know, maybe that, that is him. So maybe you do have to have actual numbers in place that they can you're breaking up. Oh, sorry. Hello? I can barely hear you. Can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Okay. Uh, I don't know where you lost me, but basically I said, at the end of the day, if you can't trust people's, you know, officiating duties, then you just have to maybe have numbers. Like, I think pretty soon everyone's going to have their lip pros on, and you're going to be able to track every single number on, like, uh, of square, tra- square track space on each guy. So if you skip, you know, 30% of the track, three laps in a row, you're gone. That's it. You're getting black flags and there's no disputing it because the numbers don't lie. Whereas you might not be able to trust someone's judgment, like you said. So maybe that's what you have to do. Yeah. Like I think, um, given, given the tools to make the right decision, they can definitely clean that up. But like I said, it's not a new problem. It's just uh, a funny video that I thought, though, just like the, this, the, how, uh, it was just so matter of fact that Jeff pulls out, pulls onto the side, rolls along the whoops and goes back on. And like, it just like the, the, the tone of the video was just rather, rather humorous. Um, but, uh, we are about uh, 19 minutes into this period of bench racing on the 450 class. And we haven't mentioned about the, uh, the melee that happened within the podium, which featured all three Elvin Baker, uh, uh, athletes, uh, I guess his, his star athletes. So if there's ever a, an ad that, uh, or like an advertisement for uh, that program, I guess that podium is it. But uh, at some point during the night, the uh, some some positions got swapped. Yeah, well, there was some officiating that took place in, in this situation. I didn't see it, but I read he jumped on a red cross flag on lap seven, I believe it was. And, <laughs> hey, man, 
I picked Anderson for the win, so I'm not mad at all. Yeah. Two spots. Uh, one of those things is, like, does, does, he, does he have to give the trophy to Anderson, though? Yeah, that that's that's kind of funny, because that's what I thought, too. I'm like, so they just switch trophies? I don't, I don't know how that works, yeah. but... Here's your plaque, man. Oh, thanks. Here's your awesome trophy. Like, yeah. Oh, sweet. I don't know, like, and, and maybe I should know this, but I don't know if... Like, they gave him two spots, right? And... I just don't like is that. Is that a set penalty for a jump on a red no, cross? Play? That's keeping. That's that's got to be keeping the the podium streak going. That, well, that's what I, I. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm just thinking in my head. Like, I don't. I'd, I'd have to look back in time because I, I could have five I positions. I thought. Yeah, I could have swore that it was it was more. And again, it, it may be like we were talking about earlier with with when you blackface people. Like maybe. If that's the case, I kind of have a problem with that. I think it has to be one set amount of spots. Maybe yeah, it is. Maybe we're like both the, crazy. By severity of the jumping on the red cross flag, the uh, the head ref has the ability to dock one to, like one through five positions, five being the worst amount of jumping, one being the least, I suppose. I know one time Ricky Carmichael, uh, I think it was Ricky, uh, got docked time, but he got docked the amount of time that he didn't lose any positions. Yeah, see, that's not that that right there. I mean, we've been racing for how many years? That's ridiculous. That needs to just be like, look. Yeah, like it was. One I of don't care if it was won by eighteen seconds and got docked seventeen seconds. Yeah, I don't care if it's a double, triple, sing. Obviously, not a single, but a tabletop, whatever. You can't if you're not if the red flags are out. Either don't. Maybe we make it just. Tire stay on the ground. Tire stay on the ground. That's it. Because I know there's been a, there's been I mean almost every time that someone gets docked for jumping on a red flag, it's a controversy because they, it's debatable. Well, the flag was here and you were standing here and you were doing this. Whereas, just make it tires on the ground. If the lights are going off and there's red flag or red cross flags in the air, tires on the ground. That's it. Nothing. You can't double. You can't do nothing. So I, I don't get that because I was even like uh, last night was I thinking to myself. Uh, I noticed the last few races they've made the whoops so Marva can jump through them too, and I like usually that only yeah. happens once in a while. And then the conspiracy theorists got at me saying like, do they just want these guys to go <laughs> one two three? Like what's going on here? It's driving me crazy. Or a one one two, but like all of a sudden Marvin's able to jump through any sort of whoop section he wants. It's it's good for him, and I think that's maybe what's helping him you know, with this little podium trick he's got going, because I know typically yeah. he's not great at putting the whoops, whereas a guy like Reed is. Um, but I, I was happy to see, you know, at, at one point in the night, KTM going 1-2, and obviously at one point they were 1-2-3 before Brayton got a flat. So it's uh, good to see those orange bikes up front for sure. No kidding. So, But if you didn't watch the race and you relied only on looking at the results, you would see Ryan Dungey having led... Uh, 18 laps and finishing third, and you just imagine that uh, out of nowhere, Jason Anderson pulled a uh, some some serious uh, some serious stuff out of his ass at the very end of the race to uh, uh, end up first. Well, how about Marvin? I mean, Marvin, if he didn't layer down that last, I think it was the the corner to the last straightaway. Yeah, he just washed the front end out, didn't he? I mean, he would have yep. won. The guy yeah, can't. Would've... The guy cannot. That's two weekends where he, I mean, in different circumstances, he's kind of not. Well, he threw wins away. This one would have been a bummer to be your first win. I would think that if I'm Marvin, I'm gonna win eventually, and that is not yeah. how I want my first win. <laughs> no kidding. But what if he's? What if he's like uh, Tim Ferry? What if he's just like that, like legendary great rider that never wins a Supercross? I mean. As an athlete, I guess you're bummed, but as a your accountant's probably pretty happy. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> I think, no, I think that's yeah, just wild. The fact that that uh, well, it was in the Ricky era, but uh, like that that red never got one. Not yeah. even like a weird event, like like yeah. I'm trying to think of yeah. like guys like one off races that guys won like in the within uh, his his. Um, career josh hill won a, a supercross yeah minneapolis he won um i don't know like a guy like fairy like i gotta think 
and, and you mentioned that now, like I could totally see that. Like when you have a guy like Dungey, who's just so dominant and like, obviously I'm not saying he's like Ricky or anything like that, but when you have a guy in the years you're racing that just can win almost no matter what he does. And then everybody else is just doing anything in their power to, to beat him. And they're crashing their brains out and they're making mistakes. Maybe it's not a terrible idea just to be that slow and steady guy that just reaps the benefits of everyone trying to beat Dungey. Yeah, no, it's, it's absolutely wild. And it's the, Weird to have the two of them on the same team. I think, like, for this to happen, like, like you couldn't have asked for a nicer guy as, as far as Marvin goes. But it's still at the sometimes, like, he's he's got to start getting frustrated with, uh, like, kind of being the little dog under the tent as far as KTM goes. Like, uh, um, he's almost, he's almost at this point, he's, he's, he's a bit like a sidekick, to be honest. Yeah, well, I mean, like, and he, a lot of people kind of had the opinion that he shouldn't have signed there when you sign there because you're kind of signing knowing you're not going to be that main guy where it's argument. Like you can make the argument that he has the talent to be a number one guy somewhere. And, and I mean, that argument was right. If, if he was at Honda right now, or he was at, if he was at Cowie, he'd be the number one guy. Husqvarna? Well, wherever. Well, but even then you got Anderson and, and that's kind of like, to me, those three are the kind of the class of the field right now. The, 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 the interesting thing with, with, Marvin is like, I kind of think that riding with Dungey during the week, well, it kind of, it's definitely a benefit. I think too, it has a lot to do with him just being like, he knows. And it kind of helps him because if you're say Ken Roxon and you're not riding with Ryan Dungey every day, you don't know what he's going to have on certain laps and certain tracks anymore. You are going to go for it no matter what, even if it's, you know, fathomable that you will beat him that weekend where Marvin knows man Marvin knows like dude three laps left Dungey has me in this section this section I have him in these sections but that's not enough time and you're marking it you're like I ain't gonna catch him so I'm gonna get second and I think that maybe helps him not layer down more than he does you know what I mean because if your rocks in you're going bat bat out crazy trying to get him where Marvin has an educated idea of whether or not he can get him and that definitely will help just be consistent podium guy, like a fairy. Yeah, totally. No, I I, I couldn't agree more. Um, wh- how do you th- how do you think this gonna sh- this is gonna shake out? I honestly, when Marvin was in the lead right off the hop, I thought that that Ryan Dungey was gonna kind of let him let him go a little bit, see if he can go get that win. Uh, but uh, Ryan's competitor; he wants to win as many as he can, and uh, just went out and uh, went the led those laps. Unfortunately, he was a cheater, and he uh, he hmm. he jumped on a, on the on the the red cloth flag, which cost him some some spots. But uh, regardless, um, from a racing standpoint, if uh, if there was no red flag. Um, uh, Dungey, uh, wa- walks away with this one. He looked really dumb and looked good all day. Oh, the minute Dungey made He's that pass. Prime right now, isn't he? Absolutely. The minute Dungey made that pass, everyone in that stadium could have walked out and started warming up their vehicles. It was over, man. Like, yeah, it's just, uh, you know, it's, it's great for KTM, but you know, for fans, it's not ideal. And, you know, to kind of speak to like, what, you know, what you were kind of asking at the beginning, it's like. Would he let Marvin walk away with it? Honestly, dude, I would not put it past him at around, like, you know, the last few rounds when he has a 70-point lead and he looks behind him and he's got, like, Pike and Bogle behind him and he knows they're not going to come up his, you know, up his rear too quick. I could totally yeah. see him. I could totally see him letting Marvin sail one home and him just push him just enough to stay out front. I could totally see that happening. Well, he's not far off of that 70-point lead, uh, currently at uh, like 39 points. Uh, it's getting laughable now. Um, it's getting, I think, within the next two uh, two races, uh, we may see a, uh, him stretch that out into the 40s, if not uh, outside of two, two races, which means he could wrap up the title uh, at the end of um, St. Louis. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and two... Like, Dude, he, he, he's becoming the, bene, the benefactor of uh, Marvin running as good as, he, as good as he has because you got to remember, like, Marvin had such a, a bad start to the season that he wasn't really a factor, but now he's becoming a factor getting in between him and guys like 
well, really only only Roxon, right? I mean, that's the only one that yeah. can maybe catch him. I don't know how far Anderson's back of him, but fifty-three points. What's what is Roxon now? Sorry, For, uh, he's uh, thirty-nine. Yeah. So. Yeah, those boys got their homework. They got some homework to do for sure. Oh yeah, and like honestly, and the the guy who's been consistent but consistently just outside, like he's been Mister Fourth Place all year long, and that's uh, Eli Tomac, and that's where he sits in the points. Uh, but if he's not careful, he's going to lose that spot to uh, Marvin, who's kind of knocking at the door. It'll happen. How how far back is Marvin from Tomac? Uh, twelve points. Not even eight yeah. points. Eight points. No. Yeah. No. Because you know what? There. I think. I think Marvin is a little bit more. You know, these guys know what, where their where their strengths are. And I think Marvin's more of a Supercross guy than an outdoor guy at this point in his career, and and he's going to put more focus on Supercross. And I think what you're going to see, I think it's only going to go. I don't want to say downhill, but I don't think you're going to see any more like crazy strides for Tomac towards the front because I think. That that program is definitely going to start. Sh- Absolutely, yeah. I, I, here's what I think, man. I think he had a pretty good outdoor setup started going into Daytona, and that's what you've seen. You've seen that outdoor setup they've been working on in Daytona. Yeah. And then they went back to start struggling again in, you know, Toronto. in uh, Toronto. I, I I wasn't surprised at all because I I thought that's what I thought from the great the minute I heard he switched the forks. I'm like, yeah, you want to know why? <laughs> Because he had that set up ready for like a more outdoor style track, and they've already started on that, and they got their indoor setup that they're going to go back and try to struggle with because they might as well. And uh, I still like him to win in Hangtown, like I really do. I think he's going to come out and just. I think he's going to be fine. I really do. I think he's going to. Yeah, it won't be as get some bad. Fresh as, air. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be as crazy as last year where he just yarded everyone. But I think he is going to come out probably winning in Hangtown for sure. Right on. Well, uh, we're going to get back to uh, the 250 West on the backside of these uh, these messages from Bill's Pipes and Fly Racing. We'll be right back here on the Big MX Radio Podcast with Chris Elliott. Hey, everybody. This is Jimmy Button, former factory Supercross rider. You're listening to the Big MX Radio Show. We're going to take it to a commercial. We'll be right back. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You too can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable, sweat-absorbing liner, and generous eye port design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with Oats and Bran. Oats and Bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. X-Racing Man. But more than bikes, what Big Jeff likes is a fat bull. Amigos with brand. Fat bull. Amigos with brand. Oats for power. Brands for speed. Who that tastes, what a delicious treat. Cereal Bees, Emigos. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat ball. When it comes to helmets, there is just one. The helmet brand, that is. Just One Helmets is tailor-made for motocross and street bike riding, and now available in North America. Who chooses Just One? Well, for starters, Tim Geiser, winner of the Italian round in MX2, David Philipparts, Vicky Golden, Trevor Reese, as well as David Pulley. And you know what? So do I. I choose Just One Helmets because they are simply the safest, lightest, and most comfortable lid available. Want to know more about Just One Helmets? Check them out on the web at www.justonehelmets.com. Find out about the J12 the J32, and all of the colorways that are absolutely blow your socks off. 
So guys, please head over to www.justonehelmets.com today. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. Two thousand and fourteen X Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter X, Volcano and Phantom Goggle, X Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear offs, zip off systems, nose guard and more. Check out EKSBrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, if they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. What's up, guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown full rebuild on your forks or, or shock, call up Roy Borden today at 204-633-2722. Bill's Pipes, the home of legendary performance. Since 1974, Bill's Pipes has been providing motocross and off-road riders the performance they need. Two-stroke or four-stroke, Bill's Pipes has the exhaust system for you. In recent years, we've seen a resurgence of the Bill's Pipes brand, and that's great news. And that's great news for motocross racers everywhere. For four-strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to dominate the fight on any brand. For you two-stroke guys, the MX2 Bill's Pipes exhaust system is the right one for the job and comes in works, nickel, and the all-new cone-look finish that'll turn heads all day long. Head to Bill'sPipes.com right now and get the same pipe used by Billy Lidinovich, Vicky Golden, JMR Suzuki team, Jesse Pierce, Nico Izzy, and David Cole. Bill's Pipes is craftsmanship at its finest. So go with Bill's Pipes and never settle. Hey, this is Alex Ray. I don't know why you're listening to Brad's podcast, but I'll be back on soon. Hey guys, so here's the deal. Me and Chris did not know that it was a uh, evening race at Santa Clara rather than a uh, day race. 
uh, as we go through the uh, the preview of uh, the Santa Clara round and moving into the 250s. Um, but it is, in fact, a, an evening race, so uh, kind of discard anything we talk about as far as that goes. But uh, definitely uh, go check out Slayton Racing uh, on Instagram and uh, Twitter. Interact with those guys and uh, let them know that they're, uh, what they're doing is, is good stuff for the sport of Supercross. So, uh, yeah, on with the show. And we're back, Big MX Radio Podcast Show, ready to drop the puck on the third period of uh, of this bench racing shift session. Chris, always a pleasure to have you on the show. I want to thank you uh, before we get into the third period. Thank you for coming on the show and giving your uh, your insight and uh, always providing good entertainment and laughter. Anytime, man. I love it. Absolute. So uh, let's talk a little bit about going back to the West. We're going, going back, back to Cali and... Uh, the, the, the West guys have been on ice for a little bit. Uh, they've been doing some outdoor testing, so they've been taking it easy a little bit. Uh, what's the story with uh, with your guys? Obviously, uh, your your uh, your main guy, uh, Cole Thompson, will be heading back up to Canada to uh, contest in the, the MX2 title. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, but uh, how, how have the progression been for uh, both uh, Zach Commons and? Uh, and 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 Cole, good man, good. Um, you know they both had a little bit of time to to rest. I know Cole took a couple of days off and chilled out, and then got right back at it. And he's just been putting in good laps and training with the boys out west. Um, Zach has obviously been on it the whole time. He had a couple of weeks off after his little crash in Phoenix, and, and he's ready to go. No man, we're we're pumped. I talked to everyone. Everyone's really excited to go racing. We're excited to get back out there. I uh. I think Cole, I, I'd like, I still like Cole. I think there, he's got a top five in him, and I, and I think it's his, it's coming weekend. I think um, there's a few guys that are still kind of in it and are going to be really shooting shooting for for Webb, and it's kind of a it's it, it's not crazy close, but it's pretty close out west. And I think uh, yeah. it's going to play out the way it plays out, and and I and I like Cole for just putting in some good laps and. You know, as long as we get him a start, I haven't seen the track map or I haven't seen the track yet. I don't know uh, how long that start's going to be, but I know looking back uh, at stats over the last little bit, Cole's pretty good at uh, a shorter start. So I'm hoping in that stadium, it's kind of it was kind of tight last year, and I'm hoping for a, a, a similar shorter start. Uh, really tactical. Is that a daytime and, race? You know what? I want to say it is. Now that you just said that to me, and I totally forgot, which is terrible of me, um, I think there was going to be two daytime races this year. I think one is the New York, and then one was the Santa Clara. Don't quote me. Yeah, I think that's the case. And yeah. I'm not, honestly, not a fan of those because, uh, well, actually, it's not so bad for me because if it starts at like th- 4 o'clock your time, that's 6 o'clock mm-hmm. my time. But I, I actually kind of like the late Supercrosses. I like going to my beer league hockey, coming home at mm-hmm. 10 o'clock and watching dirt bike races. But, uh, um, yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, t- I totally, like, that's that's uh, interesting wrinkle and uh, could potentially, with that, that climate have uh, some pretty dry conditions out there on race day. Oh, yeah, it'll be dry, uh, dry, and I can't remember exactly the dirt last year, but I imagine it'll be a little bit slippery. The uh, the transitions not... last year were really weird, and they had like were... like the, it feels like the they got the dirt in there like that morning. Very abrupt transitions. Um, yeah. I remember watching last year and thinking, like, good lord, like they were very abrupt. Um, and you got to remember, I don't know if who watched that race last year, but that was the one where basically everyone just had a yard. Like it was the big, big first turn pile up. Alex Martin ended up with the lead or Hanny ended up with the lead and Webb won, but everybody, but I think like four guys went down the first turn. Yeah. If that, I remember yeah, correctly. Was, uh, yeah. That was the total, like, I don't know who had, there was a guy in the in a podium spot uh, that like was in the LCQ for a little while. Yeah. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think um, the way that stadium is, if we have that similar setup and there's there's not much room, we might see some pretty interesting results. Uh, what I'm interested to see, you know, obviously my main focus is my guys, but I'm curious to see if there'll be any retaliation between Savachi and Craig from their little incident in Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to think no, though. I mean, you know, Mitch probably brought the boys in and had a chat with them and you know they're racing for a title they don't need to be in a takeoff fest with with the geico guys but uh i heard and i'm not going to mention any names don't even try it i heard 
somebody had a little bit of a crash during the little break. Yeah. And they might not be 100%. So it'll be interesting to see what shakes up in that top three. Definitely. There is uh, some serious interest in the the, in the, uh, the state of a few of the riders. I think it's going to be interesting when they come back together. I think uh, some guys have not been riding a lot of Supercross at all. So they might be, uh, I wouldn't say rusty, but... Um, like hitting hitting one event and then being back out of there again is kind of a weird scenario. So it'll it'll be kind of a bit of a wild card that way. And mm-hmm. um, looks like uh, it all depends on how they build it, and it, it's always different from uh, from what the, the track map is on the website. But regardless, uh, cool cool track map that they've they've got. It's got two sets of whoops, um, and uh, it, it looks like uh, like it's a it's a short start, so it goes across the stadium. So. Uh, that inside gate is going to be everything. Yeah, and which makes qualifying everything. So it'll be interesting to see. And the thing is, during, like during the day, everything changes too, right? How long the sun's up and then the night show. And when the sun goes down, the track shapes yeah. differently when it's up. So it should be interesting to see, even if you're able to get a good gauge from, from day qualifying to, to the you know afternoon show, what it'll be next year. Um, it'll be interesting for sure, man. I uh, I don't know. It's an I guess accelerated I, program, though, with you guys. Like, do they just drop a practice? Um, don't quote me. I wouldn't. Depending on entries, maybe. I know it's honestly not a big deal to drop a practice, so maybe they do because I don't see how they fit it. Like, you have. I think we'll probably start at eight in the morning. I'd imagine, or something like that. But yeah. Um, in Oakland, we dropped a practice, and and honestly, the guys don't even care. Within three laps they have the track figured out and then it's just try to put down a good time. Everyone's so good. Even in, uh, I mean, maybe some guys in the, some of the lower guys in the C session would be pumped, but even some of those guys in the C sessions, they don't care. The unseated they, everyone's so good. They can get the track figured out pretty quick. Um, don't get me wrong. The more track time, the better, but it's not the end of the world. So yeah, they, they probably will drop a practice. I'll let you know that day. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, uh, now then, now that uh, um, you you've been informed that it's a daytime race, most likely, <laughs> I, I that, like you'll 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 <laughs> no doubt yeah. get on the phone with the rest of the guys at the Slayton team and be like, hey, just so you know, two weeks from now we've got a daytime race coming up. I'm uh, sure everyone. I'm sure everyone knew about me, but you know what? That works out great for me because I plan on driving back home right after the race. Um, you know, Santa, Santa Clara is close enough to where, you know, we can make the drive and, uh, it's like four, four, maybe almost five hour drive. So it wouldn't be as bad leaving at around say seven, seven thirty as it would have laying at like 12, one in the morning. Yeah. Well, we can, we can do our, uh, we can do our race preview as you drive home. There you go, man. No, I honestly, that's the thing. Like it, w- people would think that it's so, you know, awesome to be at these races working, but like. I'd be useless for a, a race recap ne- next week because I don't. I couldn't even tell you about four fifties on race day when I'm there. I can Fair I can enough. honestly That's say true. that I I maybe I maybe catch depending on what happens in our heat races and depending on like the placement of our truck and the parking lot and where everything is. I sometimes will stay down for the two fifty heats because then I just wait for whoever's in the LCQ if that's the problem. Um, like example, like San Diego, the pits are so far away. Like if, if Zach's in the LCQ or Cole's in the LCQ, I just don't leave. But, um, a, a race like Anaheim, when the boys are done with their heat races, I'm back at the truck and I don't go back down to the night show. And unless I watch it at like one of the rigs that's close to us on their TV outside, I usually don't even know what's going on. So hmm. uh, I'm, uh, focused on our dudes and that's it. Well, uh, we'll fake it till we make it and, uh, and see if we can, uh, we'll figure something out. That's in two weeks time. Um, Chris, I always appreciate you coming on the show, my friend. Uh, it's always good banter. Uh, I, uh, like I said, thank you for coming on and giving me the time. Uh, but, uh, don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we'll cut it off right there. You got it, man.